Professor Forever. I am the Professor Forever. Something I used to say a lot to my students in college. Watch for signs. Signs are going to come up for you in your life from various places. Sometimes you'll know they're coming. Sometimes they'll surprise you. They can come from wherever you think they come from. They can be heaven-sent, God-sent, angel-sent, universe-sent, dead person-sent. That doesn't matter. But you will have them come to you during your life. It's part of the game of life. I wonder, now that I'm older, How many times students actually listen to me when I say these things? When I began teaching, I was very hopeful that everybody would take my advice all the time. Of course, I know that's not true. It took a while of coming down from cloud nine with a beginning teacher to realize that that's not going to happen. But I also think now that it's very difficult for people who are college-aged and younger, it's difficult for them to discern signs. And even if they can discern signs, it's very difficult to follow some of them. And I can use my own life as an example. When I was growing up, well, in fifth grade, I picked up a trumpet, and I immediately enjoyed playing the trumpet. I liked playing it. I liked practicing it. I liked taking on complicated music and figuring it out. I really liked it. And that was the year that I joined the band. That's the year that, in my town, you joined the band. And... Right away, I started getting rewards for being a trumpet player. I moved right up the ranks in band, for the band people, I will say. So when I was in fifth grade, I was already at second chair. By seventh grade, I was first chair, second seat. By eighth grade, I was first chair, first seat. And then when I went to high school as a freshman in a very competitive symphonic band, I was second chair, first seat. I participated in many state competitions along that trumpet career, I'll say, 
um, had many first place wins. I don't think I ever didn't have a first place win. Um, and that was in solo competition, duet competition, trio competition, and of course, full band competition. So I was a really good musician. That was great until I went to high school. When I went to high school, things started to change. I started having my biological awakenings, let's say. Puberty, right? You start feeling these urges. And for some reason, I was very attracted to one place in my high school. That was the gym. And that is because certain girls would be hanging out at the gym and practicing, practicing basketball. I had a deep longing to be a part of them. So I had some knowledge of basketball. When I was younger, I lived in a neighborhood and was friends with an older boy who had a hoop, and I got pretty good at shooting. My brother-in-law, who I really loved at that time, was an all-state basketball player in his time, and he showed me how to do a jump shot, and I got pretty good at that. I was drawn to these people on this team. And also, I knew people that were on the basketball team at my high school. That's because of softball. So while I was having my trumpet career, I also started playing softball. In my era, there was no competitive high school softball in my town, probably in the state. But we did have summer softball. And I did start playing in the summer league the year that it was formed in my town. So in the early 70s, I started playing softball. And I got good at softball. I got some prowess in softball. I wasn't fast, but I could hit the ball far. And I was a really good first baseman. I would make this spectacle of myself as I would lean out towards the play, towards the shortstop or the third baseman or whoever was throwing me the ball. I would do almost a split off the bag, leaning towards that ball as it was thrown to me so that it would get there faster. And my teammates used to go, lean, lean, stretch. And I would stretch get that ball any errant throw just about I could catch I had a really good vertical jump and I was on all-star teams a lot our team became the team to beat we were the champions of this league from the second year throughout my stay with that league so I was good at softball. And some of the people that played softball in my league were also on this basketball team. So that was another reason that I wanted to go for the basketball team. Now, the 
coach of girls basketball and track at my high school was a very athletic, fierce competitor. And that was the way that she drove the girls basketball program. When I tried out my freshman year, I wasn't in shape enough to make the basketball team. So I was very sad. My longings continued, but I had good success at band. So I was enjoying being in the band. But I told myself I was going to do anything I could to get onto that basketball team. So for the next year, I worked out ferociously. I lost a bunch of weight. I increased my endurance and running and dodging and all the things and dribbling. And I made the basketball team. So what a wonderful thing, right? Well, I had to make a choice. And that's because not only was the coach of my high school basketball program very fierce in competition, so was the band director of my high school. I talked to them about trying to split my schedule to see if I could be both in band and play basketball. But of course, neither one relented. And they said, nope, you have to choose. So I'm sure you can figure out what I chose from beginning of this podcast. I chose basketball. I'm sure in your life you've seen a natural athlete. I saw many of these natural athletes on this basketball team. I had prowess in softball, but I think that my success there came about from a combination of many factors. Many hours of practice, the laid-back nature of the team and the organization, the fact that I had a coach who was very mentoring and a coaching family that took me under their wing when I was having trouble in my youth. But there were several people on softball teams that were natural athletes. I was not a natural athlete. I made the basketball team, but just to give you a feel of how I know I'm not a natural athlete, things that have happened to me since my athletic days. Well, as a mail carrier, I fell down a lot. And I even cracked a window. If you heard the last podcast, you heard about how my face was almost torn off by a rat terrier at a window that I had cracked by accidentally falling against it. A doctor one time said to me, do you know about the Alexander Technique? It's this technique where you learn where your body is in space. And so you, you, know, you learn how to walk and 
move with a lot of grace and skill. And I thought, why is this person telling me that? Although, when my knees got really bad, even my partner said to me, you are walking like a corkscrew. I think about it now, and I think, my goodness, what an image to see someone walking that way. But I didn't see that when I was young. I hadn't realized that this was not my innate talent. Music was. I mean, I taught myself how to play dotted quarter notes. (laughs) People in music will understand that that's quite an accomplishment. But I made the team. My mother sobbed for years about this. And, well, what ended up was I was mediocre. But I had these challenges along the way. I remember asking during one of my first practices, I had read up all about basketball and how you do one thing or another. And I said to someone, okay, so in a layup, you take two and a half steps, right? But do you lift your arm and the ball up on the second step or when you're in the half step and you're going up? This person looked at me and (laughs) thought that I was a person from another planet. And then she took off down the court dribbling and did a perfect layup. You see, I was a person who lived in my mind. I tried to figure things out with my mind. A natural athlete doesn't do that. They can watch somebody do something, maybe twice, and then they can just repeat it. Their body knows how to move. When I went bowling one time, Here was another clue, sign, that I was not a good athlete. I tried to listen to somebody who was explaining how to bowl. I could not, for the life of me, move my body in such a way that my arm was going back and my legs were going forward at the same time. And what I would do is when I was going backwards, I would actually hit the ball on the floor coming up, stopping all my momentum. And of course, then I didn't have any momentum, but I would just flick the ball and it would roll slowly down the lane. I haven't been bowling very many times, by the way. I wish someone had said something to me. I mean, I did get that feeling of belonging, and I did get my sexual cravings somewhat sated. I I got a girlfriend. But these things could have happened to me, I think, if I had gone with my natural talent. I wish somebody other than my mother would have said something. Just one little thing. Somebody else outside that sphere of trying to fight against your parent, right? I wish that coach would have said, you know, maybe you should stay in band. I had a roommate in college who was an art major. He was not a good 
artist by standard measures. And unfortunately, if you're getting a degree at a university, they are going to judge your artistic talent by standard measures. We used to talk about it, my friend and I, when he was not there, but we never said anything to him. And I've always felt so guilty about that. He didn't see the signs either, I guess. And nobody said anything to him either. But he had spent all that money going to school. And then when he had his final portfolio assessment, they said, you know, maybe you should go into, I don't know, business, geography, something, not art. And he was devastated. So... The questions that come to my mind as I think of these stories are, would you be a person who would say something to a young person if you thought they were making a choice that went against their innate self, went against their innate talent? Would you be willing to do that? Would you pay enough attention to even notice? That's probably the first question. And then if you did notice, would you feel right in saying something? Or do you feel like that wouldn't be your place? I might have succeeded in music. The signs pointed to that outcome. Of course, we can never know for sure. There's no guarantee. But I do wonder about what would have happened. And I do think about how I might help somebody else that maybe would go through these same things at a younger time in their life, but would they not even see the value of it until they were 40 years older, like me? Well, thanks for listening again. I certainly appreciate it. Get thinking. She's got no lessons planned for me Because she's not that fancy She's a professor forever Professor forever